So can it really be true that the same people who voted to stick the rest of us with Obamacare have managed to weasel their way out of it? Let's ask the Weekly Standards, uh, uh, James Capretta, also a, a senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. James, welcome back. We're so glad to speak to you. Oh, I'm glad to be with you, as always. So is it true that I have to pay the individual mandate as a self-employed guy these days, but if I'm a congressional staffer or a congressman who voted for this stinking thing, someone else is going to cover my bills? Well, they, they are uh, OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, by, from being directed by the president, who got personally involved in this last week, uh, is apparently about to issue this week some regulations which would allow the federal government to continue to pay a portion of the premiums for people working in Congress, including the members themselves as well as senators and their staff. Uh, there was a provision passed in the law that said, hey, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You go get your health care, not through the normal federal employees' health benefit system, but go get it through Obamacare, through the state exchanges. So they directed Congress that way, but the it was unclear if the federal government would be paying any of their premiums. My own reading of the statute is there's no no authority whatsoever for the federal government now to pay the premiums on behalf of these senators, congressmen, and their staff. Uh, but it was causing a huge ruckus, and so instead of changing the law or fixing it or in some way, um, it looks like OPM is just going to issue a regulation sort of making the problem go away. So, yeah, I guess you're right. This is... Uh, Another instance where uh, Congress is getting special treatment. And it's interesting to me because it has to do with the individual mandate. That is, I, Michael Graham, and I really do because I'm now self-employed, I have to meet this mandate or pay a fine, uh, uh, excuse me, it's a tax. That's right. That's how we kept it constitutional. It's a tax. Um, I have to pay the highest rates because I'm in Massachusetts. I get no subsidy whatsoever and yet Congress has just given themselves a subsidy. How do you think the average American is going to respond to that? And is this an opportunity for Republicans to make their case uh, regarding getting rid of Obamacare altogether? I do think it's an opportunity. I'd like to see, I think all of us are waiting to see exactly what authority they are presuming to have to pay these premiums on behalf of these workers. So I want to see the details of what they're actually going to propose, which haven't been released yet. But Let's just set that aside. Let's assume it's what I think it is, which is they're making it up as they go, and they're going to, you know, pay a $10,000 employer subsidy for right. people going into the exchanges. I think that that is wrong, because I don't think basically that's going to be allowable for any other worker in the exchanges, and so they shouldn't be doing that for, for members of Congress and the senators. But does the law even matter? I mean, for example, postponing <laughs> the... Uh, employer mandate, but not postponing the individual mandate. I don't see, well, no one's read this law, but, you know, I don't understand how that one of those actions is legal and one of those isn't. Well, they they uh, they certainly uh, seem to be making up as they go, as I already said. I mean, they are, whatever problem that arises, they are going and making up some authority to allow them to make the problem go away. That's been the pattern since day one, since enactment. They've done it dozens of times. They're doing it in this instance, it would seem, and uh, I expect that pattern to continue because there's going to be more problems. So should the Republicans confront this? Should they challenge it? Should they make the Obama administration go to court or something? And how, can, and if, how can they use the uh, individual mandate to penetrate kind of the wall around Obamacare that says 
We don't care about how much it costs. We don't care how much how foolish we look. We've just got to keep this program alive. Yeah. Well, regarding the the senators and congressmen and they're going into the state exchange and getting their premiums partially paid, I absolutely do believe the Republicans should make a big, big deal of this, mm-hmm. especially if it comes out as I expect that they sort of made up an excuse in the law to do this and they didn't really have any authority. And if that's the case, it's just an absolute abuse of power again, and Congress has to stand up to those things. Otherwise, they'll get continue to get rolled over. Uh, the second point, though, is that the uh, uh, beyond that, the individual mandate is a huge opportunity for the GOP to push back on the law in its entirety. Uh, the president delayed the employer mandate by a year. Congress should pass and and uh, an actual statutory delay of the employer mandate for a year, but only if it's coupled with a delay in the individual mandate, too. Exactly. Uh, and I think they have some leverage in the budget process coming up in the next few months to try to secure that. And I think they did. They'd be a big, big dent in Obamacare. What about the subsidies that are in place and the, uh, the amount of money you can earn and receive those subsidies? I don't think the average person realizes how much you can make and still get some free money under Obamacare. Yeah, the, the laws providing a new premium credit, they call it, for people to get their insurance through the exchanges, the state-based system. Right. Uh, going from about 133% of the poverty line to 400% of the poverty line. So for a family of four, you know, husband and wife and two children, 400% of the poverty line today is about $88,000 a year, I believe. Now, can we? Which, someone explain to me why my son, who's working an entry-level job, should have to pay taxes so that someone making $88,000 a year can get a health insurance subsidy? Right. Of course, it phases down to zero at about $88,000. So really, sure. okay, you're still so getting a pretty whatever. substantial subsidy at about $66,000. So, uh, exactly. But what, do you think the average American wants to pay for the health care of their neighbor who's making sixty grand a year? Well, I think that this is actually a huge point because there's a, this, is, this, uh, this is one reason why Obamacare could cost way, way more than uh, was projected by the Congressional Budget Office at enactment. It's because you're right. It, it covers a huge portion of the middle class, and they're assuming most of the middle class will stay in the employer-based system. But what if they don't? What if there is large-scale dumping into this new system, this new Obamacare system? Then you'd be really would be having people like your son paying a huge taxes to try to cover the massive new middle-class entitlement that would be created. So you're right. There's a very, very big danger that this could morph into a very substantial middle-class entitlement and really burden current taxpayers and future taxpayers. I love how you use the word could regarding a government program <laughs> maybe becoming a massive spending hole. Remember, uh, <laughs> Medicare, when it was passed, was supposed to cost $12 billion by the year 1990. When 1990 rolled around, it cost almost $112 billion. And I don't see any reason why Obamacare would work any differently. And I'm just curious why Republicans wouldn't go on that tack, that this is a massive spending program that, that we're creating even as other massive spending programs like Social Security and Medicare are in real trouble. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Look, I'm, I've been fighting for entitlement reform and, and scaling back our entitlement commitments since I started working in Washington. I guess you can see how successful I've been. <laughs> but, uh, but, look, I, I mean, I think you're exactly right. This is an open-ended entitlement. It was stacked on top of the current open-ended entitlements that are already teetering on the verge of collapse. So 
look, we are in big, big trouble if we continue down this road of just entitling more and more people to more and more benefits. That's a theme of my work for a long time. Uh, it's One thing that pushes back against that a little bit is the Congressional Budget Office doesn't think it's going to happen. I think they happen to think they're wrong, but uh, they they take a much more uh, positive view of the law going forward. So I just want your listeners to know that. Uh, James Capretta, thanks so much for joining us. He has a great editorial in the current issue of the Weekly Standard. He's also a senior fellow, Ethics and Public Policy Center. We really appreciate your time. 